My name is Belinda Granger and I'm the professional liaison for Challenge Family. I'm also known throughout the triathlon world as being a bit of a mother hen to the pro athletes. Of course, given the current circumstances, I've been thinking about the athletes a lot lately. So we came up with the idea of Coffee Calls with Belinda, which basically gives me and you an opportunity to check in with them all and see how they're all going. So welcome to the official Challenge Family podcast. I think it's time for a coffee. Okay, welcome back to Coffee Calls with Belinda. Today's special guest came into the sport with a bang and hasn't really looked back ever since. Um, I'm sure you can already guess who I am about to talk to, but welcome, Cam Worth. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Belinda. A bang. I, gosh, I, I don't know about that. I was, um, <laughs> well, I kind of was a, was a bit of a bang, I guess. I, um, yeah, bang. yeah I, uh, I rocked up at, at Kona as an age group with a broken foot. Um, so, uh, yeah, that certainly went bang that day, but, um, no, I love the sport. I love the sport. Obviously I love competing in it. And, um, of all the sports I've done, it's the, it's the one that gets my blood pumping the hardest. So it's a, it's a privilege to be a part of it. Awesome. Now, listen, Cam, I'm not sure if you can remember this, but I actually first met you many, many, many years ago before you'd gotten to the sport of triathlon. You were obviously a pro cyclist at this particular point in your career. And it was in the very back of the Noosa Triathlon transition. So for people out there that don't know, Noosa Triathlon is the largest uh, Olympic distance triathlon in Australia and one of the largest in the world. And yeah. we, you were racing in a, in, a, in a celebrity team. So you had an Olympic swimmer, you had yourself, and you had an Olympic runner. Of course, I was in a pleb team, I think, with my husband. Yeah. You were doing the bike, I was doing the run. And I remember you coming up to me and asking how long do you think it's going to take for my swimmer to do the swim? Because I'm desperate for some Alan's uh, snakes. Snakes, so yeah. Yeah, I was snakes, struggling. Uh, snakes are lollies or yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sweets. And, yeah. um, and I told you, oh, look, it should be, you've got 15 minutes up your sleeve. And, yeah, of course, yeah. you said sweet. And I remember you running out of transition, which was a pretty damn long run, uh, yeah. to the local 7-Eleven to get yourself a bag, a bag yeah. of snakes. Do you remember? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I was, um, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I was there with the V8 supercar guys and we'd had some big nights like everyone does. And, uh, I don't know if I'd been to bed and I certainly (laughs) didn't have time for breakfast and, um, I knew I needed to quick fix the situation real quick. And, um, and, uh, yeah, thank, thank God for the invention of Alan's snakes and red frogs is my other go-to. So, uh, that, that and a, that and a Gatorade and, um, That'll at least get you through the morning before you crash out, you know, around midday and have to have a bit of a nap. And I, I think that day you still had the fastest bike split by, by of everyone by a long, long way. So the snakes definitely helped. Yeah, yeah, no, they've they've, they've certainly never let me down over the years. I've um, yeah, I've relied on them and Mars bars uh, many a occasion. I, I I certainly see food as a um, as just a, a source of fuel. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing more. Oh, I love it. Now, listen, Cam, obviously you are from Australia. I know you spend a lot of time here on the Sunshine Coast because your father lives in Coolum, which is just down the road from Noosa. Um, you also uh, come, actually come from Tassie. Well, Lord Howe Island to start with, isn't it? Gosh, you've got such a – it's so hard to keep up with you. You're from Lord Howe Island? No, from Tassie. I from moved to Lord Howe when I was like four or five. Right. Yeah, and then went back to Tassie for, for high school and, and finished uh, – 
finished high school there and also did university there. But then, of course, I've been yeah, overseas for far out. I'm starting to get old. I've, I've been coming overseas for different sports for almost 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah, two, 2000 and uh, – yeah. oh, no, not quite that long. Yeah, close actually. Yeah, 2001, almost 20 years. <laughs> Where are you now? 19. 19. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Spring yeah. chicken. Yeah. Um, where are you now? I'm in Andorra. Uh, so I live in Andorra. Um, this is where I'm a resident now. So given the current um, climate, um, being a being a non-resident of Australia, still obviously a citizen, still proudly represent Australia, but um, you know, I, I, I live in Europe because, yeah. you know, I want to be the best I can be in this sport and, and uh, out of respect to the, to the sport and the great athletes I have to compete with, being here in this, you know, especially here with Girona, so, of course, Jan, Dave McNamee, um, you know, a bunch of other guys just down the road, uh, obviously, you know, the guys, Sebi and uh, Pat, Freddie Van Leer, the guys I can race week in, week out just yeah. puts me in the epicenter of the of the level of the sport. And I think that's been a, a key driver in mm. um, in me as an Australian being able to get to where I've got to in the sport and the space yeah. of time that I have. Because, yeah, obviously I much prefer to live in Australia. I love Australia. You know, it's, it's my home. Yeah. It's where you, yeah. you grow up, your family, your friends. It's, uh, you know, it's it's tough being on the other side of the world but also it makes you well in my for me it makes me hungrier because I don't want to fail you know I really don't want to fail I I love coming home and um you know being able to share the success stories and whatever of what's going on and um you know and and making uh and 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 obviously your friends are a lot nicer to you and appreciate the fact that you got to be away if you're actually going over and kicking ass they don't. They obviously don't want to talk to you if you come home and you're a loser. So exactly. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. A little bit of pressure so, there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in Andorra. We live here, and um, yeah, at the moment I can't even come back to my own country, which is a pretty incredible, you know, circumstances. Really, really. It's, it's really yeah. I know for a lot of uh, friends who are over in Europe at the moment or over in the States, it is a really strange feeling. I mean, it's a feeling that none of us have experienced before. And even no. here in Australia now, I, um, you know, obviously I've lived in Noosa for 18, 19 years, but if I want to go mm. back to Sydney, um, mm. no, I, I literally can't right now. Yeah. It's yeah, well, Tassie, I mean, Tassie's even more well, locked down than the rest. Shut, shut up shop, that's right. Yeah, they're, they're going, they're to, going it alone. <laughs> so, they yeah. are. They, they do, yep. you know, different part of Australia, not really – so I've seen maps where they've actually left Tassie off. Yeah, yeah, that's and and we don't mind that. Um, no, we would prefer to. We we feel like we're good enough to be our own country. That's so, right. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's interesting. I mean, Andorra is a it's a principality. Um, so yeah. obviously, it's a it's a it's also a good place for for tax. But there's a you know probably I think there's fifty or sixty somewhere in there world tour cyclists that live here, wow. um, and a lot of MotoGP guys. Um, a lot of motorsport guys, particularly rally, some golfers. Yeah, so it's a, I guess similar to Monaco with sort yes. of a different demographic. They have the Formula One players, the tennis players, and and a few of the cyclists. But um, uh, it's it's like a, you're, we're up in the mountains, but you know we're we're not part of the EU. So we have a border that borders with France and one that borders with Spain, which oh. is also shut. So they've obviously shut us off from Europe and. Um, you know, for they've sort of said to expect that to be the case for three to six months. So we're 
Yeah. We're not only, you know, we're in here, but it's a wonderful country. Um, if I could describe it for anyone that really has no idea where it is or what it is, it's, it's basically a very small version of Switzerland. Um, it's extremely well, you know, architecturally built and in the mountains and, um, you know, we live at uh, 1,500 metres or five, five, five and a half thousand feet, so, you know, quite high elevation, fresh air. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty spectacular spot. So as long as we get the situation under control in here, um, which they, they believe they're, you know, well and truly on the way with that, um, life will go back to normal pretty much for us. We just won't have the tourists that we normally have. So no, it'll, 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 it might actually be quite nice for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm from Noosa and we're, we're fairly similar and we live, we call it the little Noosa bubble and yeah. we rely on tourism for sure. But yeah. it, quite nice having Noosa back uh, to ourselves obviously this time of year with with Easter holidays coming up that's a huge time for Noosa as I'm sure it is for you guys yeah actually quite nice you know you you go for a walk now and there's just nobody yeah I mean I think just flabbergasting how quickly stuff can change I mean it was Friday you know basically almost two weeks ago now I was out on my I was I just went on a I went a long run this time of the year you know pretty nothing too specific training wise I generally it's just the first few months of the year just getting fit again to the point where then you can start to to do some work and handle some proper load and um yeah I just went out for a long run and I even have my so I've we've got the the gym is is just down the few k down the down the street from home I actually just put my I've got a locker there with all my swim gear so I have my have my speedos on underneath the running shorts and I thought right I'll go and do 30 35k or something and then finish at the gym, you know, have a quick shower, jump in the pool, do a few laps, flush the legs out and uh, Fallon can pick me up and and I'll go home. And and, um, in the time that, you know, uh, I'd done my run and got to the gym, the gym was, the the staff all came running out, Cameron, you can't come in, you can't come in, you know, we've shut the country. And I was like, what? You know, like that morning, that morning, everything, (laughs) Fallon was in town shopping and, you know, the, the dog was had, had her – the dog goes to swimming training twice a week. There's this dog therapy pool lady yeah. here. And and within two hours, all of a sudden, it was shut. And all you could do was go to grocery stores and whatever. But And that all happened in the space of a run, you know. I was like, the world changed, you know, in the space yeah. of my 35K run. I was just like, wow. I know. That's oh. nuts. You know, then is, I was standing there nuts. ready for a swim and I couldn't even go for a swim. You know, no. like the, the concept of that was very incredible to face, you know. So, um, mm. it, it definitely, it's definitely something, it's unprecedented. It's obviously something that I've never seen and hope never to see in my lifetime. Um, yeah. We a similar thing here in, in Noosa where I woke up that morning, I rang the pool, the pool was open and they mm-hmm. said, just to let you know, Belinda, we are expecting the call. But they yep. had no idea when that call was going to come. And, of course, it ended up coming at 11 a.m. that morning. And then by 12, they were closed. End of yeah. story. Yeah. 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 So, no, it's just, um, yeah, just incredible. So, yeah, but here, though, I think the difference between here and uh, what I witnessed from watching the rest of the world is we actually listen. We're, we're very much like Switzerland in that regard too. Yes. Probably like China. And um, yep. people have been great. They, I mean, supermarkets remained open. We've never had anything, you know, people have just shopped like normal. Our oh. supermarkets are all oh, fully stocked. We haven't had the hoarders. Yeah, 
Yeah, we, yeah, no hoarders here. Everyone's just going about their daily business, but everyone stays inside, stays out of their way. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been, you know, really well received here. And uh, we know at some point it'll be over. Um, and um, we're all just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> just play, yeah, just a matter of playing the waiting game now. Now, Cam, are you over there? Are you Andor- in Andorra with your team, with Team Ineos? Are they all there oh. with you? There's a few of the guys here. We gen we have about there's around ten guys from the team that do live in Andorra, but uh, a few of them are a couple of them are Spanish, and then the the uh, the rest of the 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 Colombians and the South American guys. Um, so Egan obviously was here. Uh, well, he was here up until last year. I haven't seen him. He hasn't been here yet because he came back. Was meant to race, and now he's gone back to Colombia. Okay. Um, so- but um- yeah, but uh, Sosa, uh, Johnny Narvez, and um, and uh, yeah, uh, Sebastian and now they've they've all gone back to Colombia or, or you know South America. But there's uh, young Pavel Sivakov, um, the Russian kid, and Teo Gagenhart, young British guy, um, and uh, and uh, Amador is still here in ice. There's still four of us, and another Spanish guy has gone back to his hometown because he was um, his wife was due to have a baby in April, and uh, they were worried about being. Not able to leave, so they sure. um they got out so they could have the baby with the, with his family. So um, yeah, we're we're all over the place. Obviously, there's quite a few guys in Monaco, but the largest contingent of Ineos of the team do actually live here in Andorra, which is which is pretty cool when we're all here. Yeah. So um, we've got a good support network here. And so, obviously, no group rides at the moment. Um, you are still allowed to go out on the road, but you've decided as a team out of respect for the rules that you won't. So you've been doing all of your cycling since the uh, since the announcement um, indoor. Yeah. yeah, so what happened was they actually originally, when they announced it on the Friday, um, the, uh, the, the Saturday sort of, you know, they let it go and you know, everyone was out. Um, everyone was out uh, exercising and doing that and that was sort of fine the the cyclists actually caused a bit of an uproar on the sunday um the movie star team and i don't i don't know shame in naming the, the geese but they all went out as a group uh there was probably 10 of them and there was one of our one of our team in that group amador i don't know how long he was with them but he tagged along and we've got bright orange training kit so he's stuck out like dog's testicles anyway <laughs> You know, the photo went all over the principality of how, you know, the cyclists were disrespecting it. I mean, myself and Teo and um, and Pavel were out doing our intervals and Simon Clark, but we all stayed on our own and did them on our own, did the ride on our own as, as what we were believed was sort of was agreed. Um, and um, there was the uproar. And so it was actually Jack Haig, uh, Australian guy who sort of led the movement, put a group together and... Um, on WhatsApp in a chat and just said, look, this is the situation. We're getting some bad feedback. Um, the government can't ban us from riding, uh, but we'd like to us to set an example. And obviously every everyone said, absolutely, you know, this is not a time for us to be feeling entitled because we're professionals oh. or anything like that. Um, that's set an example. And, and it, within a day, no one rode on the road. And, wow. and the, you know, the big thing was, as we all said, you know, our hospital, we don't get um, assistance from the European Union. You know, we're we're not part of the EU, so we are 100% reliant on our own medical system. So if if particularly that group, you know, all 12 of them, if someone at the front had a crashed and all of them went down and they're all ended up in hospital, I mean, that would have potentially been something that could have ended up 
making this a ca- catastrophic here in Andorra, you know, as the as as the positive cases started. So, um, yeah, we just said no, uh, and everyone's adhered to the rule and and not gone outside, obviously since. And and the authorities and the government have been fantastic in that, saying once we have things under control, um, you know, we'll you we'll let you know, and and yeah. and yeah. you'll be able to go back out and and be on your own. And yeah, it was funny. I actually had the conversation with my mum this morning she's in tassie uh, and she i got her a new bike um a pinarello recently and she loves it and nice. she's been riding a lot with all the friends and and she was said oh we're going for a ride on tomorrow and i said oh yeah really and she said yeah yeah but we've agreed that if anyone's got a sniffle or a runny nose or something you know we'll, we'll go home i said mum do you do you not understand like the reason why that 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 is not right she said oh well you know we if we're sick we won't spread it i said no mum. it's if one of you ends up you know crashing or doing something and ends up needing to go to hospital and and i was amazed that my mum didn't understand the gravity of that and i think but i think the fact that i'm in europe and you see what's happening in italy you see what's happening in spain you see what's happening in france my wife's american so we're watching what's going on there i'm much more in touch with what's going on or what can happen, yeah. and obviously once I explain it to Mum, she's like, "Oh, well, uh, might not go. Won't, I won't be going riding tomorrow." Then ask me how, <laughs> how to, uh, you know, if if she could borrow my my home trainer I got down there in Tassie. So, um, um, yeah, if I really just wish, I, I mean, I did that video for a challenge, you know, for the family yesterday, and yeah. uh, the thing is, every country has their own rules, and yeah, you have to respect them, um, yeah. but. In our case here, it was a case of, look, that's just respect the people that need help. And at the moment, we don't need to be out on the road on our bikes um, and we don't need to be increasing the risk of us being in hospital for something unrelated. Um, this epidemic, this, this pandemic, this problem, you know, it's simply a, a medical system, you know, meltdown issue. Meltdown, that's yeah. all it is. You know, it's overrunning the hospitals with sick people, a lot yeah. of people dying and the system collapsing. And because of that, because of the fear of that and the fear of the contagion of that and how quickly it can spread, they've got to shut everything down as a result of that. But the crux of the, the crux of the issue is the fear of medical systems collapsing. So the less, the more, the more actions each of us can take to eliminate the possibility of a getting sick and B, you know, getting injured or needing medical care the better, simple as that, you know, it's really straightforward. (laughs) And I mean, that's, that's applicable to every single country all around the world right now, regardless of how uh, good or bad or poor. Exactly. Every single country, (laughs) every single person, every single age group, every single demographic, um, the, the, the extra bit each of us can do to just stay out of each other's way, avoid any potential contagion, potentially getting getting sick or injured or whatever else even from other means the better and and that's another reason it leads to racing um of course yeah the spread and all of that but the other thing that comes with racing and this is where the olympics i mean i was speaking to the guys at nike the other day and they've been really worried about the athletes because um you know they were worried about everyone stressing about trying to train for the games Games, when 
you couldn't. A lot of people <laughs> couldn't. So you're having to either sneak out or, you know, sneak around or do whatever. But the mental stress, which is the adrenals, adrenal fatigue, yeah, and that absolutely. runs you down, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're susceptible to getting it, and then you're putting more stress on the system. So, you know, the Olympics, yeah, the Olympics had to be cancelled. I mean, the training hard for something like that right at this point in time is not what you should be doing. You know, no. you, you need to <laughs> you need to have your immune system as strong as possible yeah, because so keep that might be healthy, the difference. Not yeah, go over keep, keep right. active, absolutely. Yep. Keep active, keep fit and healthy, but feel good, feel great, feel the best you've ever felt so that if maybe you do end up, you know, coming across the contagion somewhere, your body's got the antibodies, the, the resilience, the strength to kick it to the curb and not yep. catch it. Um, right. So, yeah, we've That's just good. got to really work as one big team and, I mean, sadly, it's not in human nature to think of others too much. Uh, <laughs> and we this, see this, that in the news every night, some of the, yeah. the in the supermarkets and, you know, not just within Australia but all around the world and it's just, you know, there are, there are certain things I've seen on TV. I'm, I, I'm embarrassed to be a human being, just some of the behaviour mm. from so many people. And I know people get desperate but it's just mind-boggling to think yeah. that people are fighting. I mean, imagine these people in five years' time looking back at these you know, instances fighting over toilet paper, fighting over dog food. I mean, how do you <laughs> how do you even come to terms with that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the X problem is you know um, the human element of it and what, how that's going to uh, yeah how that's going to transpire. So yeah, all I can do is plead with everyone to um, you do know the is, right is to do the right thing and do your bit i mean that's all you can do i mean absolutely it's very hard to you know yeah you can obviously offer to help and do whatever you can but that's also very difficult and in itself adds to the risk of contagion especially if it's a hands-on sort of assistance you know you really need to leave it to the people that are experienced at this stuff um, to deal with that absolutely. yeah and and you know and then that leads us to you know people like felix today um or you know felix and um with, actually that brings me to a point you know when, when they announced last week that you know obviously roth cannot go ahead which i remember i sat down and actually cried literally cried totally yeah. understand it was the only decision and the best decision to be made but that doesn't mean you can't be upset about it but when you yeah. heard about uh roth being cancelled obviously you were on the start list for the race this year yeah. what what were your initial thoughts oh well to be honest I mean, uh, I guess at the moment you you expect stuff to be you're expecting this to sort of happen. What struck me with with this announcement, you know, that Felix made, um, you know, a few days ago was that it how he cared about, you know, how he he got it, he got the situation. He's like, holy crap, you know, everyone is struggling through this. This is a massive event. This is a massive thing for a lot of people. You know, they're, you know, they, they, this is their, a lot of people, this is their life. And I don't know if we can hold this thing. So I need to make a call as early as possible out of respect to these people to be able to deal with it, you know, because, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard to take. I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest events. It is, you know, it's the biggest event as far as an event goes in our sport, you know, as far as fans go, as far as the party goes, as far as the festival goes. Yeah, Kona has its own, you know, uniqueness of being the world championship but ross is the biggest festival in the sport you know there's no (laughs) no two ways about that it is undoubtedly and 
for someone like Felix to stand up there and take the lead, it shows why it is. You know, to me, that was probably more the thing. I mean, of course, everyone was upset. I mean, you're upset. Felix yeah. is upset. His whole family's upset. You yeah. know, the other thousands of people are upset. But to me, what was so impressive was how he, how he handled that and took the lead being the biggest sport, you know, biggest event in the sport and saying, look, this is a tough time. We all have to make tough decisions. And not only that, but I'm going to give all of you your money back because I feel terrible that you can't come and do the event. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, which is something he didn't have to do. No. Uh, that was just, I was like, wow. And then I immediately thought, you know what, Felix, next year that is going to be one of the biggest sporting events on the planet, you oh, know, because okay. Germany is going to be so <laughs> damn be excited mad. for Ross to be back. <laughs> that little town and the little towns around it and whoever else's houses get cleared out for the other <laughs> few hundred thousand there'll probably be 500,000 or a million who knows um is gonna that is gonna be not that he did it to be repaid he didn't do it for that he didn't do it because he thought next year I'll get more people around and all this he did it because he's because he just cares and he's a great human and it's a great family and they've done a they've got an incredible event um but that is gonna that is gonna for a long long time or for as long as they want it to be it'll be the premier event in our sport and um you know, and, and I have, as you know, first opportunity to go was 2018 and I haven't missed it since. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I hope I never miss one while I'm competing. Podium. You're climbing up that podium as well. So yep. we need you back there next year. We want to see you on top, top on that top step. I think you're due for that. I think so, yeah. I mean, I've had a, yeah, a couple of times. They've been both times I've turned up. I, um, I'd raced an Ironman the week before the first year and, uh, still managed to have one of the best races I had largely because of the enthusiasm of the crowd, and the quality of the field, you know, obviously I had Sebi um, for company on the bike and, um, and then obviously Jesse Thomas and uh, uh, Joe Skipper was there. And oh, well, of course, Andy Dreets, but I mean, you know, I find him a bit boring. He's a bit of a boring racer to me, but um, the way the other guys sorry, do it's great. Yeah, sorry, mate, but you, you know, you are, you're boring as bat crap and, and obviously no one will ever forgive you for what you did in Kona, so it doesn't really matter what you achieve in the sport. But, um, yeah, I, um, and then, of course, last year I'd, I'd crashed my bike a few weeks before, which you knew, and had a broken nose, a broken rib, so it was a bit out of sorts, but, you know, it's, and I had a terrible swim. I mean, Lucy passed me. Lucy didn't even, she didn't, it wasn't like she just caught me, like, um, you know, near the end. She passed me not long after the turnaround halfway. Wow. And um, uh, so I was a long, it took me nearly 30 or 40K to get, catch her on the bike. I was so far behind. I mean, I'm not a great swimmer anyway, but, you know, when I have sort of one arm, with when you've got a broken bone, it's, it's quite hard. So if you're a bad swimmer, you're in fresh water, no wetsuit, and you've got one arm, yeah, you, you're going to struggle, especially against – not, not let alone against my field, but with her, there was a freight train coming up behind us. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, to get myself back in the race and then to get on that run, and as you saw, I really went for it at the start, really paid for it in the middle. But once – the best part was, you know, I paid for it out on the out on the canal still. And then when you start to come into town, I was still yeah. in third – I had Bart chasing me down. Obviously, we've been second in Kona the year before. He had, I think, the fastest run right. split ever That's right. in, That's uh, right. in yep. Roth, like a 236 or something. And I had Dave McNamee behind that, who's another two, two, 230-something runner. And 
freaked me that crowd like i remember when i passed the you know the area where the grandstand was about 10k yep. to go here or there i had about a minute and um and i was like nah i, I want to be on that podium and, and i just gritted the teeth and um yeah held, i basically held bart and dave for that last 10k it was incredible i mean i think for sure that was my best performance last year um considering everything and uh, it was one where you, you, you know, that, that crowd and that energy of that, that event and that town and the whole shebang, it yeah. um, just gets the best out of you. So, um, it really does. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are going to miss it, that's for sure. But um, uh, pure class, pure class, Felix and, uh, and, and, the, and the family and uh, we'll obviously all be back. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, similar to the announcement with the Olympics, obviously being cancelled this year, but on for 2021. I think 2021 is shaping up to be one hell of a year already. Yeah, and absolutely. And that that's kind of in the with, in line with what they're doing with, you know, the shutdowns and whatever. I mean, respecting the situation this year, we've all got this fight in our hands. And there's so much, there's only so much fight in humans. Um, so giving everyone the opportunity to just get through this, get things back on track, you know, yeah, there'll be. I'm sure there'll be some racing. There'll be some big races this year, uh, but they're all. It's going to be different. You know, yeah, it doesn't matter absolutely. which way you look at it. It's going to be the year of that. So, you know, people are going to be keen next year. You know, an Olympic year also height always heightens always heightens everything, yeah. everything around it. And so, yeah, it's 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 just a bit of a reset. You know, we've just got we're just pushing everything back a year and. It will. It'll make it even bigger, you know, which is is which is incredible because, as I say, the Olympic years are always the biggest. So, um, yeah, bring on, bring on twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some stuff in this year, and you know, yeah. there's still potential for some exciting stuff towards the end of the year, and um, and everyone's going to be pretty keen to <laughs> to get out and do some stuff once uh, well, should they get about, this thing under control. Talking about races, Cam, obviously you are now a professional cyclist slash triathlete. I'm mm. not sure what one I should put first, whether it should be triathlete yeah. slash cyclist or cyclist slash triathlete. Yeah. But in regards to cycle racing, is it looking likely that you guys will have any grand tours or have any big races to do this year? I mean, I, I don't want to say Tour de France, but, you know, yeah. is it something that, that you and the team – uh, and the cycling fraternity are still positive will go ahead? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely planning for it, uh, for yeah. sure. Um, so they they feel that they can get all three of them in. Uh, they, yeah. okay. You know, the, the, the Tour of Spain um, sits in, you know, um, in August. So, you know, so that sort of, sort of pushes back. I mean, they're, everyone's looking at, you know, uh, China is a is a pretty good example. And from yeah. when it sort of gets a bit gnarly, it takes a few months until things start to settle down and, and you can start – I mean, they're playing sports again there, basketball and soccer and different things. And um, and so here in Europe, you know, it's sort of no different. Originally, they were sort of hoping for June, mm-hmm. um, but now there's sort of – they're giving themselves a bit more of a cushion and expecting things to potentially come back online in, you know, potentially in the summer you know middle of the summer so uh, late, july late august yep. yeah yeah and so yep. that would give them time to put the tour on you know pretty close to when it normally would have been yep. um there's certainly some apprehension to have that as the first race back but i in, can understand that yeah yeah just with regard to <laughs> athletes getting ready and different things but um it's also that's what i'm saying it's a unique year there's going to be some different things um yep. so uh, I think that 
everyone has to work together, you know, and, and there's going to be some give and take. Um, and then there's obviously time. The, the Vuelta's scheduled, the Tour of Spain's scheduled for the end of August into September, and then, you know, still time to put the Tour of Italy on, where Italy obviously is the hardest hit um, yes, country absolutely. at yeah. the moment. You know, France, to be fair, seems like they're really getting things under control there, um, and they're very determined to get it under control by even tightening lockdown even more, even though they are looking, you know, like they're doing well. Spain is still pretty out of control. So if you look at like that, then you the, the sequence of when they want to put the big tours on because those tours are a celebration of the country. And, and so they are a wonderful celebration thing. Celebration of the world. I mean, I they think are. Absolutely. Around the world, whether you're in cycl- a cycling enthusiast or not, yeah, um, we all sit down and watch the Tour de France all the time. That, that's it. That's it. People are going to be starved for television, yep. oh, for yeah. entertainment, and yeah. because we got none at the moment, it's incredible. There's no live sport. Nothing. Um, so, you know, so that's what they're looking at. And then, obviously, amongst that, they want to give priority to the bigger races, so um, the big monuments and so forth. So that's easy to put them on in weekends. And then there's other events that, you know, uh, uh, sort of, you know, if you take Challenge Roth. For example, you know, Felix obviously feels that they can take a year away and come back, you know, better. They will. They'll come back better. They're a great event. They've got great footing. Um, they've had great success, and they're able to, to do that. Some cycling races, I believe, uh, Romandy for sure, uh, just to use an example, Switzerland, yeah. they're obviously probably pretty well-funded and pretty stable that if they get cancelled, They'll be able to have them. Yeah. 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 Um, And then there's a lot of other smaller races that are saying, listen, if we don't have the event and our sponsors don't do this, then we're done. And so the teams and the organisation are trying to do all they can to facilitate, you know, that on a a needs basis, which is fantastic. And I know originally the UCI, you know, they publicly stated that the season could go to the end of October. Well, I know for a fact that the riders and the teams, I mean, we're all happy to race till the end of December. <laughs> we haven't done anything for, for four months. I mean, why the hell, if there's months, if there's days left in the year and there's races to be done, we're races. And, we're racing. Yeah. And, and the other thing is what this will do to athletes and their mentality. I mean, the other day, in our group chat here with all the cyclists, as I said I think there's I think it's 56 professional cyclists here in Andorra. Not all of us are here right now, but I'd say at least 40 of us are here. And Teo Gegenhart put up Dan Martin, sorry, put up a thing saying that you know, we're all meant to race. Most of us would have raced Tour of Catalonia, which is starting yesterday or, or, or on Monday, whenever he put the photo up, right. and it was snowing. Oh, he put up a thing of snow. He said, "Oh God, it might have been a tough day." And Teo Gagenhart put up a photo of Andy Hadspin at the Giro. It's quite an iconic photo, racing in the snow back in the 80s or 90s. 90s, I guess it was. I'm, I should know. I should know more about the sport, but I'm, I'm not good. I change sports too often. So too I don't often. Know history. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to remember. And, I, and I just put it to the guys. I said, yeah, I, I doubt there'll be too many people wanting to bring up the extreme weather protocol when we start again. And everyone said, no way, I'd race in anything today, like anything. <laughs> you know? crazy, yeah. um, so mindset you completely know, changes. Yeah. yeah, we've become, we have become quite protected and quite nurtured and all of that um, compared to the old, good old days, the old you know, days. stories you hear and whatever. 
You saying that yeah. they're 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 all a bit soft these days, or maybe? I, well, be? when I when I look at what it used to be like, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, I think it could be good for. I think this could be a good little kick in the pants uh, right. for the sport or for I sports in general. Yeah, you know, make us appreciate what we have. Yeah, you know, when you you never know how much you appreciate something until they take it away. Until they take it so, away, isn't that true? Yeah. Oh, far yeah. Out. So yeah. it's an interesting time for me because, yeah. um, you know, I I kind of I guess I'm a bit more eager to get as much information as I can because, yeah, I'm going to have two sports that are trying to catch up. You know, trying to cram in races and uh, put in events. In the span of about three months. So (laughs) yeah, in the span of about three months. So if you thought me racing eight Ironmans a couple of years ago was uh, was a big deal, um, yeah, yeah, this that'll be nothing, I think, compared to what I've got going on in. uh, Well, ideally going on, assuming everything goes back to normal um, in August through to December. I I'll, I'll be happy as a pig in mud. I'll be full gas. So. And so, obviously, Ken, the plan is to be part of Team Ineos and to race as much as you can and yeah. also to be a professional triathlete and racing um, as much as you can till the end of the year as well. That is the plan, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this year the plan in an ideal world was that I would focus on, well, I was going to do the, the Collins Cup. Well, originally it was the championship. Then we they had the Collins Cup. I was yep. going to be there regardless. That would have been basically my first race for the year. Um, then I was going to race Roth. You know, I was really excited. I mean, pretty incredible field. Jan, um, obviously Sebi, everyone. Um, it would have been, yeah, insane. And then obviously heaps of time to prepare for Kona. And leading up to championship was basically a f- mainly the only racing I would do would have been on the road on the uh, road with the team. Probably. So yep. I would have raced for, you know, four months, you know, probably one or two races a month with them more just to and and when needed you know I was more of a fill-in role um, because I'm always training with the guys anyway Um, Dave Brailsford you know they had a spot on the team and he just said to me listen would you you know would you be interested in filling it Um, because we feel you could you know do a really good you're always ready you know you're training with the guys anyway you fit in you fit in with the team you love competing Um, you know are you interested I said absolutely why not you know that sounds awesome and um and so that was the plan. Um, of course, then, you know, and, and we discussed, you know, once everything went, got thrown in the air, um, you know, I, the team is, it's 30 guys. So that's really important. You know, I had to make sure I didn't let the team down once everything came back online. And at that point, when we we're talking about rate date changes with Roth and, and so forth and championship, you know, I, we had to, I, we, you know, we had to look at that and, and see how it was all going to fit in. And we didn't know because um, <laughs> no one knows. But, um, yeah, so that was a bit of a bugger. But uh, until the season kind of got flipped on its head, it sounded like a pretty good strategy yeah, um, yeah. to be able to focus on Roth and then, uh, and then go away. There was also an option to do maybe Tour of Germany or something in August as a bit of a sharpen up for Kona. Right. Um, later as well, maybe throw in for a couple more races. We were just going to play that a little bit by year. But, yeah, the priority was use some racing to prepare for Roth, have a bit of a break, and then and then get ready for Kona with maybe a couple more races leading into that. So, yeah. That but. brings me to uh, my first question. We, we've actually asked some of our age group athletes out there to, to email in some questions. Yeah. And we did get a question from one and he's like, mm-hmm. he said, what is, what is he doing with Ineos? I've never been this confused in my life. I had a little bit of a chuckle because, you know, 
I think you confuse a lot of people uh, a lot of the times because they just, unless they know you personally, they just don't get you as an athlete. I don't think they realise that you're just one of those freak athletes that's able to be racing training all year long. Um, yeah. And actually, the more you race, the better you get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I love exercising. I mean, I love being active, and I've I've all I've never really liked being pigeonholed with everyone else. Like, I mean, I love rowing, but I kind of didn't really like that you were. I don't know, you know, you're just part of the whole group. You know, I I, I kind of always wanted to be a bit different. Um, so it's probably why I didn't last long there. Although I had some good success, obviously cycling the first time um yeah i kind of didn't really fit in super well there once i kind of just became one of the other cyclists i didn't really sort of like that and then you know i got into triathlon and and obviously i saw an opportunity where i could do it my own way or the way i believed in which you know uh, which is another point um i spoke to was speaking to freddie van leard recently who funnily enough i bring him up he asked me the same question and Mm -hmm. He, he did, and he, 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 he said to me, um, not in a, oh, what are you doing? This, is what, this seems ridiculous. In a, mate, what do you, you know, he's always been great to me. Freddie was one of the first pros that ever reached out and sent me a message and said, you know, welcome to the sport. You're great for the sport. I love, you know, your attitude. But, you know, just an absolute has always just been so lovely to me, and, and I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Freddie. Um, but he, he just said sort of, you know, what's the plan? And I said, well, you know, this, this, and this. But I said, to be honest, Freddie, it doesn't really matter what your plan is. You know, as long as you've got a plan and you believe in it, then you're probably going to be okay. <laughs> and he yeah. said, in this sport, that is so true because we are all so different. The same thing will not work for any of us. You know, we all have our own idea of what we, how to do it. And the sport is so hard. And requires Absolutely. so much work that if you don't believe in what you're doing, you're, you're, you're really wasting your time. You know, you're pushing crap uphill. So um, <laughs> I guess my answer to the question is, you know, I've always dreamed of being able to do multiple sports at once. That's something I've always wanted to do. And, you know, obviously since I started triathlon, um, you know, you, you are doing three different sports at once. But you know, once I then got involved with the guys at Ineos, you know, and now he's supporting me and got the same sponsors, etc. Spending a lot of time around the team. I thought the, the you know we've we've obviously been talking about it for a couple of years, and then finally yeah. it, the the opportunity came up, and and that's face it, who wouldn't say yes? I mean, yeah. far out. It's the best cycling team, you know, really well, ever. If you look at what they've done at the yeah. tour, um, and um, I get on great with the guys. I get on great with the staff. They've been incredible to me. They make they give me so much self belief in what I'm doing, and are so supportive. Um, it's yeah, why not? That that's really it, you know. Why not? And and we feel like it. It you know what what I love about it is it's reminded me how to hurt myself. You know, yeah, I've yeah, I I got a taste of it um, when I attempted an ITU race just before the race. People running around, warming up, doing. It was like a CrossFit Games, guys doing chin-ups <laughs> off trees and burpees and bloody jumps. And I was like, whoa, I am in for an ass-kicking here. Like, they were just so fired up. And I was just sitting there like I normally would before an Ironman. Oh, yeah. yeah Swim's well a swim. It was sorted out. You know, I'll 
deal with it. I'll get into it on the bike if I have a bad swim and then just run, you know, hold on on the run. Anyway, sure enough, just got absolutely trowed. I got absolutely flogged. Now, going back to a bike race, it had been six years almost since I'd been in the World Tour. And just those power surges, it looks easy and you can train with the guys. But the thing is, when you're training, it's controlled. When you're racing, you're having to go as fast as whoever's on the front is going. And that is never the pace that you want to be going. (laughs) So (laughs) you're constantly (laughs) stretched. You're constantly stretched. And the first two days of my racing, the first one was the Cadell Evans race, um, which, yeah, it was, 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 was good. I mean, I was certainly at the front a lot more than I was at the back, and we had a great race as a team. The, the next race I did in Algarve, the first, but I was empty at Cadell's. Like, once we got to about three hours or so, I literally couldn't pedal. Like, I was just so dead. Those power surges just absolutely killed me. I, I just hadn't done anything like it for so long. And as much as we think I'm a good cyclist, like – I'm good at a very specific task now. And not only that, it's almost a jinx being being sort of, I guess, one of the ones that sort of, I guess, sets, I feel like a dick saying this, but sets a standard because yeah. I'm in control of the effort. I mean, if you saw in Kona, even in Roth, you know, with Sebi, they just sit behind me now. I mean, no, they let me absolutely. set the pace. Like, you know, they all just follow me around. So if they can. And um, and so I've, I've not pushing myself you know i'm never exerting myself i'm always being controlled and and so all of a sudden you're happy to keep and it just completely like just completely like lights out on my legs but then it was a five-day stage race the next race by the second day was a little bit better you know i was able to get over a couple of climbs and and beat more more around middle of the you know, middle of the field and then by the last day i was actually pretty close you know much closer to the front than the back or the second last day, but then the interesting thing was the time trial, where you'd think I'd do quite well. It was only 20K, and I got, I ended up getting smashed. I mean, Rowan Dennis put like two minutes into me. I was like 60th, and, but the thing was, yeah, the thing was though, I had a great start, had good speed, but after about two or three minutes when you start to hurt, I'd forgotten what it was like to then just suffer for 20 minutes because I just never do it. So I would instantly go, okay, you better back off here on this hill you're going to blow up and I'd back off. And then you go, oh, wait a minute. You've only got 15K to go. Push it harder. Oh, it hurts again. Back it off again. Oh, now I'm getting close to the end. The last couple of K, I was similar speed to Rowan because I emptied the tank knowing the the line was there. And he he just, like, I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten mentally. Like, mentally, my brain is trained to be able to go for eight hours on the yeah, bike particularly, course. you know. So it just reminded me how much I hold back on the bike, you know. <laughs> and you think you do that too because you know you've got a run coming too, but obviously in cycling there ain't, there ain't no run. There's but, no run. It's no. You, it's absolutely everything you have. And and I've got into a point where I thought I was quite strong on the bike, but, you know, which I am for that specific effort when yeah. you have to do that and then run. But this is just all out on the bike. So I'm so glad I went back to the racing because I've done some running off the like the last day of that tour and also after Cadell's, and I've never felt so good running because wow. running's the thing that hurts the most. Yep. Yet yep. now I've been reminded what pain actually is. Running doesn't hurt me anymore. <laughs> I feel so <laughs> I, bad. <laughs> no, I've felt amazing running, and even when I get in the pool, like I'm like, whoa, you know, much more aggression. I've certainly been going quicker. So the the we actually saw a benefit to the racing that we never expected. And it was more what was between the ears, reminding me 
you know, to toughen up a bit because I've, I've, I think I've got pretty soft the last few oh, years. So, um, I, don't know if anyone, um, I don't know if anyone would go that far and call you a little bit soft, Cam. That's not well, a personally, that I would yeah. use to describe you as an athlete. Yeah, but that's um, yeah, that's just that's just uh, been a very good you know reality check for me. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm really grateful that I've got the opportunity to get back and and have done some racing. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens you know, for the rest of the year um, as far as um, how much more we've got on the schedule. So yeah. All right. Well, I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you, and we'll just mm-hmm. I'll give you. I'll choose four or five questions and we'll just okay. get some quick answers from you. Right, All right, really, Kevin Hayes, yeah. Ed, do you take any nutritional supplements? Thanks, Kevin, for writing in. But any nutritional supplements, Cam? Or are you just uh, like Yeah, to- I, I, um, I smash ketones. No, I'm joking. Okay. Um, no, no, I don't. I, okay. um, right. I have uh, the, probably the thing I rely the heaviest on is uh, electrolyte tablets. Okay. Um, yeah. You should never neglect. You really can't neglect them. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of vitamin C. Um, okay. Back back when I used to race on the bike, you know, you, you took vitamin this, vitamin that, vitamin every, and I used to get sick quite a bit, <laughs> which is funny. And then now I barely, I don't take anything. If I feel something coming on, I absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll take ten tablets of vitamin C to ward off a cold or something in one yep. hit. So and nice. I uh, I don't I haven't been sick for. For years so um you're doing yeah. something right yeah 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 i think uh you know the human body's designed to work on i'm not a tree hugger or anything like that a natural person but yeah i i'd have noticed my wife's very good with her nutrition and the more the more normal you keep your system uh the better it'll work for you so um nah sorry pretty boring no, electrolyte tablets and vitamin c yeah but speaking of fallon your beautiful wife who is mm. is expecting you're expecting your yeah. first child in the not too distant future Seven just weeks, seven, yeah. Seven weeks. Oh my gosh, that's going quickly. Um, yeah. Do you do most of the cooking, or all of it? All of yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, and she's. I mean, she's been to quite a few of the team camps with me because often it's just Froomey and I, or G and I, and a um, couple of the guys and the coach, and and often even a chef. And she'll often help the chef, so she's learnt. You know, she's seen how that all works, but she knows everything about every food, what it has in it. She now knows everything I'm doing in training. You know, if it's a hard day, a, a longer, easy day, a recovery day or whatever, and yeah. she just cooks it and I just eat it. Um, she knows some <laughs> days perfect. when I need fuel, other days when, you know, it's time to lose a bit of weight leading into, you know, a bigger bigger event. And, um, yeah, I just I just eat what's put in front of me. It's great. Yeah, every man's dream. Every It is every, well, every person's dream. I wish my husband yeah. was doing not, not quite <laughs> sweet, you know. Yeah. I'm not complaining. Um, yeah. Now, Asks, how often do you eat chocolate? Now we've talked about you and your uh, and your frogs and your red frogs yeah. and your Allen snakes, but what about chocolate? Yeah, yeah no, I most days I have some sort. I um, uh, chocolate protein powder is pretty much all I have um, after a race. Oh, there's another supplement. Yeah, I love a protein shake. Um, oh yeah. So okay. yeah, okay. I find with it, especially with Ironman training, you tend to. I mean. It doesn't matter really how good you are with time management. If you're a professional, you always take up the entire day because you waste yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so you generally finish around that four or five park and it's like dinner's at six, but you need something to just tie you over till you have a shower and, you know, wind down a bit. And then so, um, yeah, I love a, I love a chocolate protein. Always has a healthy scoop of uh, Nutella in it, a couple of frozen bananas. Um, so, yeah, and then as far as block of chocolate, 
ah, I'm I'm coming from a rowing background. I'm a I'm a binge everything, you know, because uh, you <laughs> you have to you know to make to make weight. You're a binge drinker. You're a binge chocolate eater. You're a binge chip <laughs> chip eater. So um, at the moment, I'm definitely eating chocolate every night um, because uh, it's comfort food and well, you don't know really what's going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. but certainly everyone's doing it. Yeah, on average, you know, maybe uh, maybe a couple of couple of days a week, but as in chocolate, chocolate, but pretty much every single day in the form of Nutella or uh, chocolate protein powder. Love it. Mm-hmm. Now tell me, Esmeralda asks, Esmeralda, excuse me, Esmeralda asks, and I like this one because I know you're renowned for it a little bit. Um, what's your epic trolling to a pro triathlete? So. Who's who's the pro triathlete you like to troll the most? Uh, oh, well, Lionel, of course. I was going to say I mean, Lionel or Sebi. Yeah, yeah, oh. Lionel. I mean, Lionel's just a sitting duck. Um, yeah, and uh, you can tell that he, you know, that he like sits there and he fumes over it. You know that it really gets under his skin. Uh, whereas Sebi, yeah, I mean, he's German, so he doesn't have a sense of humor anyway. So he probably doesn't even understand it when you're doing it half the time. So you got to be much more creative. But, uh, yeah, no, Lionel, Lionel by a long way. And obviously, you know, after Kona last year, it's, we had some epic um, Insta posts between Lionel and yourself. And, you know, yeah. Lionel was at Challenge Daytona last year, and I absolutely adore Lionel and his wife, Erin. They're just such super people. But, yeah, yeah he is fairly serious. So it, yeah. It's actually interesting that he that he does let you joke around with him because you know he's not. I mean, he's a great guy. I love Lionel, but he's he is yeah. on the serious side of things. Let's be honest. So yeah, I think it's quite it's quite cool when you two actually have a little bit of you know banter back and forth with each other. I think it's the Commonwealth thing, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. and to be fair, I think Erin's the one that retaliates. I think she's <laughs> she's the brains. She's the brains she's behind the, brains the banter. Behind- Brains behind the banter when it comes to that team, um, but uh, yeah, no, he's he's fantastic, and I mean, he knows that I have a huge amount of respect for him as an athlete, as I do for you know. Well, I can't say all because obviously everyone knows there's a couple of guys I don't like, but um, you know, m- most uh, basically all of my peers, and um, and he is definitely at the top of that list, and um, yeah, you give as good as you get, don't you? So uh, I expect it in return. He definitely gives it back and um yeah i guess at the moment in, in Kona, i was on the front foot with him and uh but you know we, we're going to see a better you know lionel lionel hasn't had the performances like he you know for for a little while um yeah. but he'll he'll be back for sure absolutely so um everyone wants to see that me me as much as everyone else no well you know honestly being in daytona at the end of last year and watching him have that epic run battle against pablo de pina who mm. we know is one of the fastest little spanish runners in the world i mean he trains with javier gomez so he has yeah. to be. Yeah. um to watch those two go head to head on the run i i honestly thought that pablo would get him just because yeah. pablo is a better runner on paper yeah but see the fight in Lionel's, I get goosebumps now just thinking about it. The fight yeah. all over his face was something that I rarely have seen in in the sport, and I've been in the sport for close to thirty years now. So it was yeah. it was truly incredible. He's yeah. um he's a special athlete, that's for sure. 
Yeah, talking talking he's, about he's um, athletes, I love the way, I mean, obviously we come from a, a triathlon is a small sport really in the general scheme of things. And, you know, when you, you get a lot of these press conferences, particularly amongst the pro women, and everyone loves everyone and everyone's a friend of everyone and no one ever says, well, you know what, I actually don't like that person, so I'm not going to lie. You are one of the only athletes I know that basically realistically you, you shouldn't like everyone we're human beings we're not put on this planet to be best friends with everyone um yeah, yeah. and so it was refreshing what i find so refreshing about you is that you admit to that you know not everyone on the start line is your best mate no god no no there's certainly some people i've yeah well everyone knows that i'm not a fan of and um i'll let them know that and uh because it is a sport of pretty good guys and so if you're not you stick out like dogs you know what's and um yeah yeah no that's that's fine you know and uh it's fine because you i'm know not you- a, i'm not afraid to hide behind it the great thing is it's we're all our own so we own our own opinions we own our own selves we, you know we could be ourselves and um um yeah so that's it's just probably just adds, adds the excitement just the way it is yeah, yeah. But no, there's a lot of guys I have a, a huge amount of respect and, and time for. And, um, you know, and, and being back in cycling, that's the other thing. I mean, it, it's crazy the amount of guys in cycling have come up to me and, you know, been so, you know, just really complimentary of what I've done and um, and being able to share stories with them of what my rivals are able to do and them, them be flabbergasted, you know, to understand how a race actually happens and, and the level um you know these are just incredible athletes you know and um yeah it's it's awesome and and i think also it's a time when we're really taking it to another level and and i'm pretty proud of this because if you look at the sport the reality is the thing that's got quicker is the bike and obviously you know that has been largely down to myself um and but not only that because as what people hate to you know realize is the fact that i'm actually there to try and win the race i've never given a flying crap about how fast i ride the bike but of course i'm going to go use my strength to my advantage and i've learned to run um because the thing is i was never that much better than anyone on the bike i needed to learn to ride that hard and run well and that's sort of what i've been able to do and as a result now we've seen some of the great runners particularly you know yarn you know, rocks up in Kona, goes 15 minutes quicker than he's ever gone in his life. And, you know, that was what was so exciting about Roth this year to see what, I mean, I was, I've upped my game. I mean, I wasn't turning up to to play second fiddle to him. I wanted to kick his ass. But he (laughs) was, he was definitely up for, he was going to improve. He was going to be better um, without a doubt. And he's improved a hell of a lot in the last year. And, and so I'm really proud of that. I wish I could have been at the top and, and then we'll be chasing me. Chasing but, that's right. Yeah, but, but having said that, I'm, 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 it's a real honour to be a part of a, an evolution of the sport where we're racing now. We are racing Absolutely. from go to woe. It is on like Donkey Kong. And, um, and, you know, eight hours used to be quick. You know, I, went, I trotted through in Italy now. in seven seven forty five. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's nothing. Yarn did what seven fifty in Kona. I mean, it, that's just yeah, uh, every day you of the week. You wouldn't have guessed it ten years ago. Not a chance. No, no. So um, it's an exciting time in the sport. We're we're really lucky. So, 
All right. So I've got another question for you, Cam, and this one's a little yeah. bit, um, I like this one because it's, well, it's non-controversial, so to speak, but it's right. uh, how long, so it's from Scott, and it's how long can you do a wheelie on the bike for? Uh, I can get that second pedal in. That that moment where you feel like you can actually do a wheelie and then I, I lose it. So uh-huh. I can get it off the ground. I can get one rotation of the cranks in and then start the next one and think that I've got this nailed and then bang, down goes the front wheel. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty soft. I'm, <laughs> I'm not much of a daredevil, never have been. And, um, yeah, wheelies, wheelies are definitely not my thing. So, Cam, can I ask you a question? This is a question I've got for you. So you're saying that, that, you know, you're not much of a daredevil, but I see the way you guys descend down mountains in groups of 60-plus in the tours. And sometimes I can't even bloody watch it because I just get that freaked out. Um, but you don't have a problem descending in big groups at ridiculous speeds? No, you know, and, and interestingly, going back to cycling now, I'm actually better bike handler than I was when I was racing before. Okay. Yeah, and Tim Kerris and because obviously the team were a bit worried about that. They, the yeah. amount of times they did an eye test on me was ridiculous. Yeah. And they were they were paranoid and they wanted me to, you know, do some extra – and. And then finally when I raced and I haven't had a, a single issue in the races that I've had where other guys have crashed or had punches or broken stuff I've had, you know, on the bikes, I've had nothing. Um, and, and then when we're in, uh, in, uh, in our guard, the tour recently, where there were some very technical descents and so forth, I was often in the first, you know, five to ten riders all the time, right yeah. at the front, no one fighting me for a position um, to the point where one of my teammates, Mikhail Kwiatowski, who's been a world champion, he... He said on the long descent, he on the bus afterwards. He said, "Gosh, I was thinking, God, poor Cam. He must be, he must be really suffering here. You know, it was lots of corners and flat out out and single file and technical." And he said, and then I looked up up ahead of me about five places. I was like, "There's Cam. He's up in front of me." And so <laughs> he said, "You actually look like a normal rider." Wow. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, thanks, man. I actually felt pretty comfortable on the bike now." And and Tim Kerrison, my coach's theory is that I spend so much time at a high speed, you know, relatively speaking, on an average speed level in yeah. an Ironman, even yeah. if you're going in a straight line, I'm very comfortable going 40, 45, you know, K an hour now. Um, yep. That is, 30, you know, 30 mile an hour, more or less, 27, whatever, you know, for the American um, listeners. But that, so I'm very comfortable with a bike at that speed and, um and uh, consequently, in the in the races now, I'm, I'm you know I've always had pretty good handling, um, but um, I'm good. But with regard to how that feels, you know, you just want to be around good riders. So you want to surround yourself with the best people you possibly can, because you've got no choice. Unless you're on the front, you have to trust everyone around you. And so I just have always said I just worry about that that extra inch in front of my front wheel and behind my back wheel and either side of my elbow. Cause really that's about as much personal space as you can wish for at some points in time. Oh, and you need to make, you need to make sure that that is as safe as possible. And yeah. then, and then pray to God that everyone else is thinking <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. One more question from Miguel. And he asks in regards to time trial helmets, yeah. tail or no tail? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, on a blanket, no tail. I mean, uh, especially in an Ironman, it, it's mm. very not easy to hold your head in that position. The reason I 
ride with a tail. I mean, I guess someone like Jan obviously um, does it exceptionally well. You know, we, we you just either can happen to be naturally very comfortable in that position. Um, I've always been pretty comfortable, you know, in a time trial position with an aggressive head position. Mm. But the moment that tail moves, you know, you, it's slowing you down. It's certainly yeah. not helping you. So, you know, the first year I did Kona, I had this, the plain cask. Um, the last couple of years, yeah, I've had a, a different model um, that the team, uh, the team that the team use, um, and and works and works well for me because that's sort of where I position my head. But um, yeah, if the team said tomorrow, there's certainly very little data that suggests that one without a tail is uh, any slower. It's very okay. negligible. Okay. Yeah. So really, from same with sunglasses. Same with glasses and visors. To be honest, um, there's very little that says a visor is any any quicker than a pair of glasses or any or vice versa in fact you can get data that tells you both yeah right mm. so really then from a majority of our age group athletes out there that that probably don't even realize just how much movement they're making over 180 kilometers you'd, yeah. you'd have to go no tail would be the the better for sure yeah. for sure yeah if i personally was buying a helmet i'd buy one probably you know um you know if for, for if I was just doing a, a triathlon for a, you know a bit of fun or not even fun but semi-serious, um, having a helmet that didn't make me want to have to keep my head in a position that was going to give me a sore neck for the run, um, yeah, I'd be going without a tail. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, for for us, we're going for all the speed we possibly can. We obviously do a lot of testing and uh, um, you know we make the decisions around that. But um, yeah, the the ones without the tail. Uh, are definitely very, very good. So last, very last question from our, our viewers. Thank you very mm-hmm. much uh, for all these questions and keep them coming mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Now, this one, and this is an interesting one because obviously we've been asking you a lot of cycling questions. Yeah. Uh, but people ask any treadmill recommendations. So one, Cam, do you use a treadmill? And two, uh-huh. any treadmill in particular that you think is better than, than another? Uh, I, I use the treadmill at the gym. Yeah. Um, here I use the techno gym, uh, treadmills. I don't not even sure if they've got them in Australia. I mean, obviously the best is the Woodway. Uh, yeah, they're by far okay. the best, really soft. Um, you know, and, but any of the gym grade ones are, you know, fantastic. I mean, the, yeah. the life fitness or the pre-core, um, they're all Basically, it's a, it's a bit like a, a Ford Ranger. You know, there's the Mazda BT50. And they're all they're all basically the same shape, just with a different logo on them. Um, when you get to them, you get to the ones at that level. Uh, I I use the treadmill, you know, once or twice a week. I find it um, very helpful, particularly at, towards the end of the week when you are tired and you're doing some sort of a brick. If I was to run on the road, I'd find it hard to get going because um, you're just sort of lethargic with fatigue. And if you get on the treadmill and just put it on whatever pace, you've just got to do it. And you'll do it. You know, that's that's a time where it tricks you into making your legs tick over and um, the training benefit is, um, is much better. Um, and so I find the treadmill can be very handy in those in those circumstances, obviously also when the, when the weather's crap. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess my favourite favorite interval set and um it's really just uh um, a fart leg set but i i named it the mayweather um because i'm a big fan of boxing and and really martial arts in general but um 
yeah, the Floyd Mayweather, and it's uh, yeah, twelve times three minutes on, one minute off, so a boxing match. Love it, <laughs> and, and that's uh, and I do, you know, you try and do that the the three minutes on it, you know, round threshold. You know, you want to be breathing pretty hard, and then take a minute, really nice and easy to recover, and yeah, it's a good um, twelve times through. Yeah, yeah. So 48, 48 minutes, bit of a warm up. It's just an easy way to bang out an hour, you know. And often you you got an hour run, so a bit of a warm up, cool down, and there you go. Well, there you go. There's everyone's run session for today. So all of you people that are stuck indoors can't yeah. get out. Go and do the Mayweather. Yeah. Go and do the Mayweather session brought to you by Camworth. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say I would go and try it in the garage. We've got to get uh, a treadmill there, but I'd be lying. But I'm yeah. like, I'd send Justin out to do it instead. He'd yeah, do to test it. If if you if you set a, a decent pace for yourself, it creeps up on you in the championship oh, rounds. You can you can tell why they call them the championship rounds. You know, <laughs> those yeah. guys fatigue <laughs> rounds hey, 9, 12. 10, 11, and 12. It, um, yeah. it gets pretty 12 tough. Times anything. 12 times anything is pretty tough. But um, yeah. I'd like to see some of our viewers at least give it a crack. So that would be yeah. very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, listen, Cam, yeah. I have talked your ear off again. No, or, or you've talked mine off. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. You- better talker out of both of us but i think you stumped me today i hate to yeah oh no, that's good that. <laughs> yeah that's all right i just tried to you know give you as much information as i possibly oh, could I love, and, no i love yeah. it now listeners love it you cam you are a breath of fresh air in this sport you really are um and i've been saying that ever since you first uh decided to take on triathlon and it's a pleasure having you uh, i know that i hope that we get to see you out there on the road uh, in both triathlon and cycling this year, let's let's mm. hope by September or even yeah. August that we are back on track to hold some events this year. Yeah. Um, but thank you for your time. You are an, an angel. So mm. good luck with everything. Please pass on my respects to Fallon, your beautiful wife, and I'm glad everything's going well. And yep. seven, she said, seven weeks to go. Seven weeks. Yep. Start yeah. of May. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's going to change things up a bit, Cam. Yeah, my wife's going to be busy. She's going to be really busy. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> I can have a word to tell about that one. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I really am. I can't wait. I, um, yeah. Especially as it gets closer, you're just like, wow, this is a little human. That's pretty cool. So, um, yeah. Well, thanks again, Dylan. And, um, Pleasure. For all of our listeners out there, if any of you have got any questions for any of our athletes that we are interviewing please send them in and i will try and get to all of them uh, but from all of us here at coffee calls with belinda thank you cam and um, i shall thank speak you. to you again, i'm sure sounds good thanks cam see ya see ya thanks for listening to coffee calls with belinda i really hope you enjoyed listening if you'd like to continue listening and stay updated on our latest podcasts then please subscribe it would also be great if you could rate our podcast and leave us a review If you have any specific questions you'd like me to ask the athletes, then please send through to the following email address, podcast at challenge slash family.com. The making of these podcasts would not be possible without the wonderful help of our great partners, Powerbar, Otso, Zone 3, Lubos Billick at LB Training, Sport No Limit Group and VeloSoc. But for now, thanks so much for listening and I'll be back soon for another coffee.